0: Hello everyone, this is the second virtual tour from our series St. Petersburg and Land of Football. Media company Snob and the Year 2020 Organising Committee present a series of audio walks around the city. In the first virtual tour, we talked about the history of football in St. Petersburg. Today we're talking about how the sport is connected to art. So here it is, The Art Road. The first pin on our map, the Maruzi House, 24 Litany Avenue. Here, in the Maruzi House, we find the Museum of Joseph Brodsky. There is a room and a half in apartment number 28, where the Russian poet Brodsky lived with his parents. They moved here in 1955, when he was 15 years old. And later, he remembered this space as the best 10 meters of his life. In the post-World War II years, football in Leningrad and the entire Soviet Union was the number one sport. Football matches were like big celebrations, and Joseph Brodsky eagerly participated in them. He loved football. His childhood friend, Henry Steinberg, who later became a great Soviet researcher of volcanoes, recalled, Joseph was a passionate football fan. There were no other topics he liked to discuss as much as football. He knew everything about the Soviet Championship, kept statistical of the matches. I remember a couple of times in 1959 we went to games together and sat behind the goal. We cheered like it was our last time. All in all, he took football very seriously. Later in exile, Brodsky had even more opportunities to watch football, although he watched it mostly on TV. Here's how translator Arlen Myers spoke about Brodsky. The first thing he would say when coming to England and entering our house was Any football matches on TV today? It was Brodsky who gave the generation that grew up with the commandment three corners equals penalty, a great saying captured in his poem. I twine my voice into the common animal hutting on that field where what the leads begin is finished by the foot. Of the myriad laws laid down by Hammurabi, the most important deal with corner kicks and penalty kicked to the boot. Now let's walk two bus stops along Litany Avenue and turn to the Ventanka. We are on Mohavaya Street. Let's find house number 3335. 3335 Mohovaya Street is the building of the tennis School. At the beginning of the 20th century, the institution of secondary education was known throughout St. Petersburg as the school for the elites. It was hard to get there because of the high tuition fees, so most students came from wealthy families. In 1911, here began his studies of Volodya Nabokov, the future Russian writer. He studied literature with a Russian poet of the Silver Age, Vladimir Gippius. Once there was an assignment to write about laziness. Nabokov turned in a blank sheet and received a good grade from the impressed teacher. Here's how Nabokov described those times in his memoir, Speak Memory. Upon reaching Nevsky Avenue, one followed at a long stretch, during which it was a pleasure to overtake with no effort some cloaked guardsmen in his light slate drawn by a pair of black stallions, snorting and speeding along under the bright blue netting that prevented lumps of hot snow from flying into the passenger's face. The street on the left side, with a lovely name, Karavannaya, the street of caravans, took one past an unforgettable toy shop. Next came the Tinezeli Circus, famous for its wrestling tournaments. Finally, after crossing an ice-bound canal, one drove up to the gates of Tanishev's school in Mokhovaya Street, the street of masters. Nabokov started playing football here at the Tanishev School in St. Petersburg. He immediately picked the goalkeeper position and played it ever since. Since 1962, this building housed the Educational Theatre on Mokhovaya, And it was here that Konstantin Khabensky began his acting career. Nabokov Khabensky I was obsessed with goalkeeping. In Russian-Latin countries, the brave art of goalkeeping is surrounded by a special kind of romanticism. Goalkeepers are famous, a strong, independent and calm goalkeeper would always be followed by a crowd of encanted boys. In warshipping he would compete with a matador and an a pilot. His jersey, cap, knee pads and gloves sticking on the back pocket of his shorts clearly distinguish him from the rest of the team. His the lone eagle, the mystery man and the last defender. Later in exile, Vladimir Nabokov entered Trinity College in Cambridge, England, and the first thing he did was to join the local football team. Around the same time, in 1920, he wrote the poem Football. Gratifying game. An open space with dazzling shirts. The lively ball is kicked in a lightning curve. The sonorous shot soars and eye leap up blocking its rapid flight with a deflection. Nabokov finished his goalkeeper career in Berlin, where he played for a team of Russian expatriates. In 1932, during one of the matches, Nabokov was injured. The ball hit him directly in the head. He had to quit football. Now let's walk to the next stop of our road. On Mohovaya, we're walking to the Belinsky Bridge, and then along the street of caravans, past Manej and Zimny Stadium to the House of the Radio. The House of Radio. Just recently, this place became a new center of art life in St. Petersburg. The building, which housed Leningrad Radio since 1933, a year ago became the home of the music, Atana orchestra and choir founded and directed by Theodor Karensis. Greek-born Russian conductor Karensis has close ties with St. Petersburg. He studied here. His professional career began here too. But Theodore is also a big fan of football, and sometimes between rehearsals, he plays FIFA video games. While Theodore is busy preparing for the Festival of Music and Drama in Salzburg, Austria, our guide in the tour of the House of Radio will be director of the music Dmitry Odmietriozerkov. He is also a head of the Department of Contemporary Art at the State Hermitage Museum. At first glance, music and football are quite far apart. But a football team is like a good orchestra. Team members should have good chemistry and play well together. Every musician, as every footballer must feel each other, understand each other, anticipate each other's other moves. This is a fragment from the Beethoven Symphony No. 9 performed by the Musica Atena Orchestra and Choir. It is one of the composer's greatest works. The final movement, Ode to Joy, based on the poem of Friedrich Schiller, is also the anthem of the European Union. It was to the sound of his music that the national football team of the post-Soviet republics from the Commonwealth of Independent States played at Euro 1992 in Sweden. In addition to the orchestra and choir of Theodore Rensis, the house of radio is still home to the editorial office of the radio station, Peaceburg. But the main asset of this building is, of course, its archives. Several hundred thousand records, unique films, including the Chronicles from the Siege of Leningrad during World War II. The Chronicles contain, for example, the following unique recording. Thus, on the front line during a war the Soviet soldiers heard there in Leningrad, despite the siege and all the hardship, there was a friendly football game. On May 31, 1942, teams Dynamo and the workers of Leningrad Metal Factory, later Team Zenit, played against each other at the Dynamo Stadium, now Stadium Petrovsky). Two shortened halves, 13 minutes each, were played without halftime. The match ended with a score of 6 0 in favour of Dynamo. After the match, the players left the field hugging each other to help each other walk. The State Russian Museum Football is a favourite sport in Russia. It is truly the sport of the people. So it is not surprising that many artists were very passionate about football. They played football and, of course, they used football themes in their paintings. Russian artists Dane Pimenov, Bogorovsky and Malevich all found on football new forms of expression and artistic imagery. For some, the main focus were the urgency and dynamics in football, the fight for the ball, the competition and the complexity of passes. For others, it was the solemn beginning moments of the match, broad views of the stadiums and the strength and courage of the players that made them similar to Greek heroes. Most vividly, football is represented in the works of Alexander Necker. His paintings are in the collection of the Russian State Museum. Here is how the artist himself talks about football. I painted football. I loved the game, knew it like thousands of my peers, like tens of thousands of excited viewers. Every time the game inspired me to paint. I was creating a new phenomenon based on rhythm and movements and I had to work without any historical context. This was a common case. I don't know any true work of the art in responding to the needs of its time doesn't have to address new intellectual and visual three-dimensional challenges in order to live up to its times. To commemorate the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia, the Russian Post Office has issued a series of stamps football in the arts. One stamp featured a reproduction of Deinecke's famous 1928 painting, Football. Art Dog. Our next stop is nearby. It is Art Café's Trade Dog. This small basement on the corner of St. Petersburg Street, Italianskaya, Italian and Mikhailovskaya is still shrouded in many myths and legends. Here's how this cafe was described in 1912 in a magazine called The Whole World. A medium-sized room lined with small tables. The small stage right here. Tiny, microscopic and grand piano. A counter where one could get meatballs and delicious Russian sausage for 20 copies. Many Russian writers and poets frequented this cafe, including Anna Akhmatova, Nikolai Gumilev, Vladimir Mayakovsky, Sevalid Meyerhold, and of course, Osset Mandelstam. We will come back to him later. The year of the year 2020 was also the year of Mandelstam in Russian art, as it was the 130 year anniversary of his birthday. Ineffably hypocritical that, like that Judith, you and his other enemies' feet kicking the warm corpse of Holofernes, mocking, jeering. In 1913, Ossip Mandelstam wrote this poem called Football. In the poem, he drew a parallel between a football game and a battle between Assyria and Israel from the Old Testament story of Judith and Holofernes. The ball in its core goal in football is compared to the dumbass of Holofunus that was kicked by Judith, who beheated him to save Israel. Mandelstam will return to the theme of football in a year, when he could write the poem football again. In it, the match is depicted not as a fateful duel of a patriot against the aggressor, but as the only consolation and joy of the military school trainees. Awkward, lanky boys, befittingly to their years. Some are pushing the ball, some are guarding the goal. Our next stop is rather far, about 14 minutes of walking. You're welcome to walk, or you can call a cab, then it will take around 7 minutes. Our stop is the Vaganova School of Ballet on the famous street of architect Rossi. The Vaganova Academy of Russian Ballet is one of the oldest ballet schools in the world. It is associated with the success of the worldwide recognition of the Russian School of Ballet. The academy is located in the center of St. Petersburg on the architect Rossi Street. Since 1826, most of the expenses of attending the ballet school were covered by the office of the Emperor of Russia. The school accepted 50 boys and 50 girls every year. The full tuition from the sale was offered the most talented students. The rest had to pay 500 rubles. And this price did not cover other studies, only the ballet. The ballet students were easy to recognize. The boys wore dark jackets with a layer embroidered on them. There was an imperial crown and a laurel wreath, which was the coat of the arms of school. Also decorated the uniform's cap with a lacquered visor. And as Rufina Pavlova, an art historian, wrote in her book Theaters of St. Petersburg, the male students got into football as soon as it appeared. Teachers yelled at them because football was extremely dangerous for the ballet feet. But it did not help and the future dancers played in amateur matches until their feet were sore and bloody. And yet the central figure in classical ballet is ballerina, the female ballet dancer. It is around her and in her honor that a beautiful cascade of the great ballets were created by genius Marius Petipa and other great choreographers of the past. And this very teatralian street, Theatre Street, on which we are now, remembers the light footed steps of the graduates of the Academy of Russian Ballet, who later became the stars of the Mariinsky and Bolshoi theaters. And the first name that comes to mind is Diana Vishnova, recognized as Prima Ballerina Assoluta, one of the highest forms of recognition in ballet. She is also an ambassador of the year 2020 championship. This is my alma mater. When I came to this place on the street of architect Rossi, I had a feeling, the child's intuition, that there was something that was happening to me that this is a special building, although it was clear what it was. You know what's in those buildings in the center of St. Petersburg and museums and design centers. I have visited them already. There was not that big of a news. was huge was the crowd of people performing from all Soviet republics trying to enter this building. That really excited me as a child. Later, talking about myself, it is also of course a huge spiritual and intellectual foundation. My family doesn't have a theatre background, they're from the world of science, they're chemists. This was more of my mother's dream, or it was used to say a lifelong dream. We even made fun of it. Here's fate to here. you. She wanted it, it was something unknown, incomprehensive to her. She took me to the architect Rossi street where the ballet school was, and they told her that her daughter, me, didn't have proper physique. But my mother didn't stop there. She somehow changed my application, found another person, but at that time I had a goal too. Yes, there was basically torture, all those practices and preparation. And I was in it. Not that I liked it, but I had a purpose. And then it all changed somehow. Another doctor evaluated me and they accepted me immediately. I very much hope that the pandemic will not get in the way so that we'll have all the visitors we want. This is a serious championship, everyone is waiting for it and of course the city is changing in preparation. And the past events like this show that there will be many new friendships that fans, tourists and residents of the city will all get to know each other better. It leaves a very bright spot in history. Street. This street is one of the most beautiful streets of St. Petersburg, Russia and the whole world. And on this street, we finish our second tour. If you look ahead, you will see how like a football field the street is opening up, waiting for victory. This year, Piano Concerto No. 1 by Tchaikovsky, that was usually played at sporting events, was replaced by the Russian anthem. To the sound of anthem, our athletes receive their medals. It is the music of victory. Let it become a symbol that celebrates both arts and sports.